The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 13th chapter. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings? Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The Gospel of the Lord. August 7th, 1847. June 21st, 1982. April 6th, 2000. September 28th, 2015. And July 22nd, 2020. These five dates all have something in common and praying that the choir will be quiet. Anybody have any guesses? Let me tell you. These are some of the predicted dates for the second coming of Jesus Christ that have, quite obviously, come and gone. Ever since the resurrection of Jesus, human beings have read and studied the scriptures, watched for signs, and done the math, all in an attempt to determine the precise date and time of the second coming of Christ. Both of the readings for today speak of the second coming. In Hebrews, it is simply called the day that is day with a capital D. And in Mark, the talk is about the coming trials and the end. The disciples want to know more. So they ask Jesus, tell us, when will this be? And what will be the signs that the things are about to be accomplished? Perhaps the most important thing to notice about any talk about the end in Scripture is that Scripture does not invite or encourage or even suggest speculation or calculating a date for the return. In Mark, when it comes to the topic of the end, in response to the request for more information on the precise timing, Jesus simply tells his disciples to not be alarmed. And in Hebrews, the writer says with regard to the day, provoke one another in love and encourage one another. The point is clear. The exact timing of Jesus' return is unknown, but we have no reason to be afraid, and we ought not to postpone the work 
of today. There is this famous quote attributed to Martin Luther. I'm sure you've heard it before. He said, if I knew that tomorrow was the end of the world, I would plant a tree. In other words, Luther says, in anticipation of Jesus' return, that he would be about the business of today, living in grace and hope and love and joy. He would be about the business of this moment, the here and the now. Or maybe better said, borrowing the language from Hebrews, Luther would be provoking others to love and encouraging others. A couple weeks ago, I came across a lovely post on Nextdoor, that neighborhood app. Sometimes the posts on this app, as you probably know if you follow it at all, sometimes the posts turn mean and uncaring and snarky or impatient and intolerant. But this lovely post stood out for being none of the above, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since it appeared on October 27th. It was written by a woman named Nancy Edwards, and she gave her post a title, all caps, The Old Woman and the Handyman. And then she included a photograph of herself and the handyman standing outside of her home. It's kind of a long post, but quite honestly, it's a story best told in her own words, so I'm going to read it to you. Edwards wrote, Several months ago, I posted the need for a five-minute job for $20, straightening out a faucet. Michael Mahajlov, a local handyman, showed up. After he finished, we talked for over an hour. I mentioned to him that I subsist on frozen TV dinners, and he said, not anymore, you don't. Listen to this. He was a sous chef at Manny's for a decade, and he insisted on bringing me some of his home cooking. Every week he'd visit, always bringing meals so fancy I couldn't even pronounce their names, and large enough to split into two or three meals. Every visit turned into a long, delightful conversation. He immediately came over twice last winter to dig me out of a snowbank. As summer approached, he told me to make a list of things needing fixing around my 150-year-old cottage. They ranged from rebuilding a rotted flower box, to installing new faucets, to fixing a door latch, to starting my little lawn tractor multiple times. Some of this stuff was as insignificant as me not having the strength to unhook a hose from the spigot or to find the right screw-in fuse to turn on the lights in a particular room. To an old lady, these things had stopped me in my tracks. I'd been feeling more and more helpless because I truly cannot afford help with each of these kinds of problems. Michael refused to let me pay him for any of these tasks, saying that our conversations were payment enough. It kind of felt like Tuesdays with Maury, truth be told. All I can say is this old place has gradually been deteriorating for years 
just like me. I'd given up hope that this could be turned around, and now it feels entirely salvageable. She concluded, it's because of people like Michael that I'm gaining faith that I'll be able to live independently on into the future. There truly are angels on this earth who appear just when you need one. Without next door, our paths would never have crossed. Hashtag love your neighbor. When I returned to the post this week, I discovered that Nancy herself had added a comment following the previous 130 comments and the 1,230 likes. It's also worth noting that this post has been viewed over 5,300 times. But back to the comment. Edwards wrote, I have to share this. Michael has just left after yet another great conversation. I asked him about all of these new jobs that he's been getting because of my post, and I asked if they're helping him climb out of debt. Did you catch that? <laughs> this handyman was in debt, and yet here he was giving himself away in love to be neighborly, to go the second mile for this stranger turned friend, or perhaps more accurately, for this stranger turned family. Edwards continued in that comment. The jobs he is taking are helping him climb out of debt, and those he's working for want to know about him as well as our relationship. What astounded me, but didn't surprise me, she concluded, is that when he's paid, he tells his clients that if they want to pay an extra $100, he will take this amount off what he charges the next customer who's struggling financially. He's found a way to pay it forward, even more than he already was. He's the real deal, people. Now, I know that some news seems too good to be true, and a skeptic may see, say that this seems like one of those stories. So, doing my due diligence as a preacher, I called Michael, the handyman. I told him who I was and what I was doing, preaching a sermon that was going to include his story with Nancy, and I asked him to verify some of the details and fill in some of the blanks. No surprise here, but we had a delightful conversation, which ended with him saying to me, God bless you, pastor. He told me, that it was when he was laid off during the pandemic that he decided to put his handyman skills to work. When I asked about Nancy, he said, she's a 77-year-old woman who was isolated in her own home during COVID, and because of her age and limited financial resources, she couldn't take care of some of those things around her house, and I was just happy to help. But he didn't stop there. He went on to say, that Nancy is one of so many elderly in our community in exactly the same situation. Age and health and resources limit their ability to manage repairs or to hire someone to do so for them. That is why, he explained, that he offers his clients a chance to pay it forward. 
so that others, like Nancy, can be benefited. We should never take for granted what a privilege it is to witness the selfless generosity of strangers working together in community for the sake of others, just like it says in Hebrews, provoking one another to love and encouraging one another. You heard at the beginning of the service that last night another beautiful thing took place right here at St. Philip the Deacon. A couple dozen of our young people spent the night sleeping outside, some in tents, many in cardboard boxes. They did so to make a difference for families in the community experiencing homelessness. This marks, as you heard, the 26th year of the Interfaith Outreach Sleepout, and the goal this year is to raise both awareness and $3 million to prevent homelessness and to create opportunities for everyone in our community to thrive. Besides the kids sleeping out tonight, Pastor Schmid and Strand Patterson will once again participate in the clergy sleepout, which is scheduled for December 8th, and I know you will all join me in praying for mild weather that night. So, what difference does sleeping out make? Well, according to the website on Interfaith Outreach over the years, the sleepout has prevented homelessness 34,912 times right here in our community. Again, it's exactly like it says in Hebrews. Provoke one another to love. Encourage one another. So, the day is surely coming when Jesus will return just when we do not know. But we do know this. That day is promised to us, and we shall not be afraid. In the meantime, we live in this present moment, in the here and now, and we do the only necessary thing. We provoke one another to love. We encourage one another. I close with this. One day, Martin Luther saw his children standing around a table, and he noticed how their eyes glistened as they looked longingly on a dish of fresh peaches. This, he mused, is a pattern of those who rejoice in the hope. The hope, the anticipation, the waiting with glad and joyful and eager expectation for what is to come. He concludes, oh, if only we would behold the last day with the same happy and fond expectation. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>